Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Jesus was clothed in the flesh, but vindicated in the spirit. That is the incarnation. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are helping believers be leaders in every sphere and context of life. Hey, I've got something that I'm really excited about sharing with you on our time together here, and that is about the incarnation. You know, you're going to be listening to this uh, right before Christmas, and I think it's a subject that, believe it or not, we glance over very lightly and really don't take into consideration. So I'm going to give you some things to think about and uh, enhance your Christmas experience I want to read from 1 Timothy 3.16. So if you're driving, you don't have to remember anything. You know John 3.16. This is 1 Timothy 3.16, okay? So just remember that. And listen to what it says. It says, By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. That's a great thing, isn't it? Great is the mystery of godliness. He who is revealed in the flesh... Now, that word revealed is usually translated revealed, manifested, applied. I looked at a whole bunch of translations just to see, because that's what I want to zero in. I want to zero in on the fact that Jesus came in the flesh. I mean, a lot of times we emphasize the deity of Christ as well we should, because that's who he is. He's God. But he chose to become flesh, and that's what makes him totally unique and what makes him our Savior. He was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. And while I was looking at all those translations, I saw the contemporary English version says this about 1 Timothy 3.16. Here is the great mystery of our religion. Christ came as a human. I want you to think about that. There's no other religion, there's no other faith system, there's no other philosophy on the face of the earth where the God who created the world humbled himself, as in Philippians 2, and took on the form of a man who felt, who ate, who was tired, who was tempted in all points like we were. He literally embodied his deity in a human body. That's what we call incarnation. Now, one of the sad things, I think, is that we think that the incarnation stopped with Christ. Obviously, his carnation, his incarnation, excuse me, is unique. But we are the body of Christ. So we are the presence. We are the revelation, the manifestation of Jesus on this planet. Now, when you think of the word body, you think of volume, like the body of somebody's work, the body of history, the body of the car. You know, you're talking about something that defines it, something that fills it, something that's measured of. And so we're the body of Christ. We're the fulfillment of Christ. We're the manifestation of Christ. We're the model of Christ. We're the outline of Christ. We're the template of Christ. We're the example of Christ. And we also function as a body. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 14, etc. We are 
the body of Christ. We function together. Every joint supplies. But what our manifestation is to the world and what our great foundation is, is that a loving God took on the form of a servant. He was Lord and he became a servant. He incarnated God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you have any questions about, does God love me? Does God care for me? Does God heal the sick? What is, what is God like? You look at Jesus. And you know, that's the call of the church. That's the high calling. They should be able to look at us and figure out what God looks like. And so that's why our integrity and us being on mission and understanding that we are part of God's church, he's not part of our agenda. Now, in line with that, I want to read you a couple scriptures that may hopefully click with you a little bit as I read over this. In 1 John 4, 2, this is what it says. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Not that that Jesus has only come in the flesh, but he's come in the flesh. See, there were doctrines in the early church that said, well, Jesus didn't have a a real body. It was kind of like a a mystical body. And of course, the problem with that is if Jesus didn't have a real body, then he didn't suffer real pain on the cross. It was just a symbolic death. It was a symbolic sacrifice. And it wasn't symbolic. It was vicarious. In other words, it was substitutionary. Jesus took our pain. He stepped in front of the bullet for us. He took the death sentence for us. So he's saying here, somebody who denies the deity of Christ and that he was clothed in flesh, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. And that spirit will tell us that God doesn't understand me. God doesn't know me. God can't possibly relate to me, but God can because he chose to submit himself to all the human emotions. When you read Isaiah 53, again, a, a, a part we, we skip over, we, we talk about in Isaiah 53, you know, it says, you know, by his stripes were healed. It also says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's a soulish thing. Jesus suffered. He suffered the embarrassment of being stripped naked. He suffered the embarrassment of his mother and, and, and family seeing him. He suffered the humiliation of all the accusations that were against him. He was God in the flesh. He put on flesh and he stayed in that flesh until it was a resurrected body. So he says here that if somebody will not confess that Jesus did indeed come in the flesh, that he was here on this planet and he walked as a man, that's what he's talking about. Not just that Jesus was here, but that he walked as a man, then that person is not telling the truth. And then if you go to 2 John, just a few few pages over in the first chapter, in the seventh verse, this is what it says. For many deceivers have gone into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Well, how much stronger, how much clearer do you have to be? Okay. You know, for the religious mind, it's easy, or at least 
reasonable, I guess I should say, to relate to the, a God in heaven, a creator. But great is the mystery of our faith, 1 Timothy 3.16 says. Great is the wonder of our faith. Great is the amazement of our faith that Jesus would be clothed in flesh but vindicated in the spirit. That's the incarnation. Not just that he came to earth as a babe. And why did he come as a babe? Why didn't he come as a full-grown person? Did you ever think about that? He came as a babe so that he could go through the complete life cycle that every part of humanity, to bond to his parents, to feel that separation from them at his death that where he gave his life. Think of all the human emotions on that mission that he was on. So Jesus experienced life in every way that we could. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. We know he got frustrated with his disciples. He didn't sin. The Bible says he was tempted, but he didn't sin. So he was tempted in all points like we were, but he didn't sin. See, that's the incarnation. And what I want to communicate to you today is that you're the incarnation. You are the body of Christ. The Spirit of God lives in you. He didn't come to take you out of the world. He came to keep you in the world. You have a purpose in this world. God wants to use your flesh. That's your earth suit. Okay? To touch this world. So some of the very things that you go through, the things that have touched you, the things that have impacted you, things that have elated you, and things that have defeated you even, God is a redeemer and will redeem those things so that you, through his spirit, can touch the world with your body, which is part of his body. And we are the body of Christ. We are the body. We are the representation. We are the manifestation. We are the revelation. We are the appearing. And that is the high challenge and the high call for this church. So when we celebrate Jesus as coming in the flesh, we're celebrating the reason he came in the flesh. The first part was to save sinners, but it was to save sinners so they could become saints so that he could build a church, so that he would have a bride, so that there would be a glorious manifestation of Jesus throughout the planet. Hallelujah. Thank God that the incarnation is still alive and well. The reason I know that is because Jesus is the resurrection. He wasn't just the resurrection. He is, and we are resurrected with him now, and we are the incarnation of Christ. I'd encourage you to read 1 Timothy 3.16 and meditate that on that and give some thought to that. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Hey, stick your nose in the Bible and dig some of these things out. It'll edify your soul and give you a fresh bread to share with somebody. God bless you. You are a model of Christ, an example of Christ. You have a purpose. God wants to use you to touch this world as a representation of Christ. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. 
To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.